So welcome for another uh, Crypto Talks Wednesdays. As usual, uh, we are running <laughs> and doing, trying to create some excellent contact with especially our beautiful guests. Each one of our guests has a beautiful story that he will share with us uh, soon. I'm going to take them and then uh, we'll have the gentlemen. I think each one of them is really sharing story. Each one of them is really sharing his unique experience. Michel Khazza'a from France joining us to talk more about what is happening with the Bitcoin and why the power consumption after a heavy research that was highlighted by recently also Nasdaq, why that Bitcoin actually uses much, much, much less than original uh, inception where every time we had that uh, conversation, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is using power. Bitcoin is creating havoc. Bitcoin is actually not a good environmental solution. Without further ado, let me welcome Michel. First, you are a friend to the show. Welcome sure. back. Uh, Thank you. Secondly, do also introduce yourself. So who doesn't know you, the new viewers and so on, sure. can know more uh, about you. We hosted you in DX Talks and now we're hosting you also in Crypto Talks. So we can thank, know. Thank you again. Yeah. I will present myself very quickly, just to, to wrap it up very quickly. So I'm in the consulting business, which is a business that sometimes for people means nothing for other, it's their whole life. So I'm in the consulting business with four big capabilities. The consulting itself, accompanying the clients in their transformation, their change, and their big projects, their rework projects from different levels, strategic consulting up to operational and uh, technological consulting. Second capability in my capabilities are the payments industry. So I have the chance to work on all the value chain of the payment industry. For some people, payments do not exist. So you, you pay and that's it. So there's no business, there's no industry there. That was my point of view when I was an information engineer and security engineer. And I, they told me to do something on a smart card. And then 16 years later, I'm still in this business. So there's a huge industry we will going we are going to talk about it today. Uh, third capability is information security. So I work very, very much on information security from ISO, NIST, protocols, PCI, DSS, different security standards. And fourth um, capability of my um, profile is innovation, especially innovation in big data, machine learning, but especially in blockchain and crypto payments specifically. So I am the founder of Value Chain today. This company works on bridging two worlds. The payments, as we know them today, the electronic classical payments and the crypto payments industry that leverage the blockchain technology. And that's where I come from. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm from Lebanon also. I worked in Lebanon, studied in Lebanon, then came to France, and today I'm in France. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, really awesome uh, coming on this. So, talking about Bitcoin uses 50 times less energy than traditional banking. New study shows and it was published by Nasdaq. It was picked up by a couple of uh, uh, news Point agencies. Telegraph and, and many other news yeah. agencies. And now it is picked up by, by Nasdaq. The question is, mm -hmm. what does that study, how can you share with us about it? How can that be true? Yeah, sure. Um, it all study with this paper. This paper is called Bitcoin Crypto Payments Energy Efficiency. Um, I've been studying the problem of proof-of-work energy consumption since at least four years, uh, seriously. So since I am in the payments industry, I've been actually in 2010 in Australia working with the big four banks there on innovating payments. And we were studying how to improve the payments industry in Australia. 
to allow the central bank, the big four banks, to do mobile payments, uh, instant payments, accounts, mobility instantly. And we were like, we started by five consulting teams there and ended up 150 consultants accompanying the bank. And in 2010, I came through with the paper of Satoshi Nakamoto joining my research. And I told them, shit, he did it. Sorry for the word. He did it. Um, we were 150 person trying to do exactly the same of what Satoshi Nakamoto did, but in a different way, in a classical way. We succeeded. Today, a new payment platform in Australia is working, is allowing instant payments. Today, since 2010, 12 years later, they have now instant payments in Australia. So I am in this business. I am lucky to be first an electronic engineer, an information engineer, a security engineer. So I know very well the cryptography, cryptanalysis, and I know very well the payments industry from every aspect, card scheme, Visa, MasterCard, SWIFT, wire transfer, cross-border payments, central bank clearing and settlement mechanisms. And this is a huge industry that people usually do not see because it is transparent. You pay anywhere, anyhow, any way but you do not see how payments work. There's an industry behind it. And I've been working on blockchain since 2010. So I have the responsibility, the, um, the urge of saying, I can answer the question, which one of these two systems is more energy efficient? And that's the purpose of this paper. So there was the Cambridge, the Cambridge index. I will zoom, of course, later here. There was the Cambridge uh, index called um, exactly Cambridge Bitcoin Electricity Consumption Index. That was saying that Bitcoin consumes like about 140 terawatt hours per year. You don't care what is terawatt hour, it's too much, but let's give it this number, 140 terawatt hours per year. But in their scientific research, in their methodology, in a small asterisk, they were acknowledging that their, their approach was not good. They're saying the lower bound is maybe minus 50% and the higher bound is plus 120%. And they were actually using average price of electricity in the world. There is no average price, price of electricity in, between Lebanon, Kuwait, Bangladesh, and New York, and Stockholm. There's nobody can buy electricity using average price. Especially that mining industry is much industrialized today. They buy electricity from excess of production of new dams, of new stations. So they have extremely low price of electricity when they buy them. And that's why even if you kill the value of Bitcoin, the mining will still continue and still be profitable. Anyway, this is a different discussion. So there was a big problem with the numbers that have been used by central banks, regulators, politicians to attack Bitcoin, saying that Bitcoin consumes as much as the Denmark does, like a country. It's completely nonsense comparison anyway. So the question now becomes, well, if we can correct the Cambridge index, how much Bitcoin consumes? The second question is how to compare this with the payment industry. If you give me less than 10 minutes, I will go through the paper very, very quickly, not in a scientific way, just in a discussion way. Let's remind everyone what is a payment and what's money, actually. So without going into philosophical discussions, let's just define the payment as it is a work. And in physics, work, energy, power are very well defined. A payment is a work to transfer an amount of value called money from a payer to a payee along a displacement over time. Because when you have $100, you can consume it 10 years later or one year later, and it will still have a value. Maybe not the exact the same purchasing power, but this is the work done by 
money and by payments. And this definition is exactly the definition of money itself. It's a reserve of value and the means of exchange. And actually, the three attributes of money are just one, a means of exchange. The rest are consequences. It is a unit of account because it allows you to pay with. It is a reserve of value because it transfers the value through time. Now, using this, this simple definition from physics, actually, work is a differential of energy. You give a system an energy and you take out of it an energy. and The differential between the two is called work. So let's stop the science here and go to the methodology. We needed to compare apples to apples. Usually the critics compare Bitcoin to Visa and they say Visa consumes less than Bitcoin and does more. Well, strong. Bitcoin does more than Visa. It consumes more, but it does more. Visa is only an intermediary step of the payment transaction. They do authorization. They do not complete the payment. While in Bitcoin, the payment is final. When you send money, it's a push payment. You've sent it, you've received it, it's done. On the legacy payment system, no. Visa does the authorization between two banks. Then you need a clearinghouse. Then you need a settlement with a central bank. So it's a long, long story. At the end so of we're the talking day, about the full, uh, the full chain that is actually yeah. it's passing through, not just while well, saying Visa does not versus, you know, because we're talking about only one piece of the full chain. Yes, that's it. And the, the purpose of this paper is to compare the full story, the full workflow of one payment. So it includes annual issuing of money and annual issuing of Bitcoin through mining, distribution. Now, people criticize the paper saying that I talked about banknotes and the coins. They are 100% of the comparison because they are electronic payments. Um, I am not defining what electronic payments is. There are schemes, there are protocols and norms and standards that define this. When you take money out of your ATM, you use your credit card, it's an electronic payment that goes to your bank electronically, goes to the central bank. Yes, it will give you paper, banknote or coins, but it is an electronic payment. So you need to cater in, in this, the cash in transit, how you bring this cash to the ATM, how much energy you put to print this money or to, or to mint the coins, and the bookkeeping, which is the core banking systems, how much energy they consume. Then you add to this the card payments like Visa or MasterCard. They have data centers. They drink rivers and lakes to cool from heat, just from heat for the servers. You should take this into account too. Note that every single data was almost confidential. Visa do not share how much energy they consume in their data centers. But there are ways to calculate this from surface number, number, number of CPUs, number of um, cooling systems they have. There are data around the system that allows us to calculate this. And then there are the SWIFT, the wire transfer, the withdrawals. I exclude the checks. I excluded too many things from the payment system and compare the energy consumption of both. Now, let me give you a few numbers because we don't have too much time. So the first number I'm sharing with you is the energy print. Today, there is in the world, and it's the first time these numbers are out. There's no single study in the world that gives you this number. That's these numbers. And that's why the paper has is very, very rich in data around payments. Um, I've been here 17 years working on it globally from Australia to the United States to Europe. So I have, I have the sources to verify this also. And all the data in the paper is open source. You can go check the sources and redo the math if you want. Today, there is about a, bit, a little bit less than 1,000 billion banknotes. It's 842 billion banknotes in circulation. But yearly, we print 220 billion notes per year. 
So I only took this into account, not the existing stock, but the new ones. And coins, same thing. We are minting about 100 billion coins per year. And this has an energy cost. It is 900, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, but it's about 900 terawatt hours per year. This includes the printing, the testing, but not the transport to ATMs. Now about ATMs, there are not too much data also, but this is my area of expertise. I've worked for all the constructors, Diebold, Wincore, and NCR. And I've estimated from official sources that there are today a little bit less than 5 million ATMs. Even though ATM numbers are shrinking, this is a minimum number today. And these consume about 47 terawatt per year. So remember, Cambridge said Bitcoin 140, okay? And they know they are wrong on their numbers. They're the best guess they had. There's also the energy of cash and transit. You have Lumi's companies or brings that bring these cash to ATMs. Remember, there's more than ATMs in cash transit. Toll roads, when you pay in Europe or the United States, you pay in cash. They consume too much gas and benzene, diesel, just to go with trucks to bring this money. I didn't account for it. I only accounted for bringing money to ATMs. So today there are millions of I mean, arm, armored trucks, armored vehicles that transport cash. There are about 6 billion specialized Lumis-like vehicles, and they consume about 160 terawatt hours per year. So just moving the cash to the ATMs consumes more than Bitcoin. Then you need to account for electronic cash transaction. When you uh, go to a, a desk and you pay in cash and they account for the cash, they account it as an electronic payment in their bank account when they take this cash back to the bank. I did not count the energy of taking back the cash to the bank, but just the systems that run on the point of sale. And this alone consumes, there are about more than 200 million, um, 200 million uh, merchant accepting non-card transactions, doing about 3.3 trillion transactions per year, and this consumes 70 terawatt hour per year. So finishing the story, you need to go to the, ca to the card payments now. On the card side, there is data centers of Visa, and these data centers of Visa, MasterCard, they consume about 71 terawatt hour per year. Th this is huge. This is huge. These numbers are more than country consumptions, okay? And this is only for card schemes. And their role in the payment, okay, it's systemic, it's important, but it's just to give an authorization of a payment to see if you have enough money on your bank account. You don't need that on Bitcoin. You know if you can do it or not. You are doing the push payment. Then you need to account, and this is another problematic thing in the paper, the banking offices and the banking commute. I've estimated correctly that there's about 25,000 banks worldwide and 1 million plus branches. These branches consume energy. Part of it, part of it is for bookkeeping, account management, card distribution, ATMs management, and everything related to payments, not loans, not insurance, not... So I only took this into account. And they consume 150 terawatt hours per year just for branches. Now, the biggest cost of energy is the commute. The commute is the time employees take to go to their work, only from their home to work, work to home. I've estimated that there are 46 million employees working in banking and about 1.2 million in 
major payment service providers like Visa and MasterCard. And I've subtracted from these numbers employees working on trade, loans, insurance, anything that is not related to electronic money and electronic payments. And the commute using an average of diesel cars, uh, transport en commun, trains, buses, stuff like that, this is an enormous cost of 3,400 terawatt hours per year. So the end result, you can also add the bank servers, the back-end servers, the PCs used in the banks, and you end up with, so the interbanking, SWIFT, and stuff like that, and then you end up with a classic payment energy consuming less than 5,000 terawatt hours per year. Now, if you compare this to Bitcoin, if you only take the Cambridge index, you just know already that banking consumes more than Bitcoin. But be before talking about one single transaction, let's correct the numbers of Cambridge. And here I will not enter into this, but I've wanted into a um, extremely precise way of computing the power on the blockchain because blockchain gives you, the, gives you the hash rate. You know on the blockchain how much hash rate per second the miners are capable of computing. And you know from the manufacturers the models of ASIC miners they use. There, I accounted 92 ASIC miners. This is the, all the ASIC miners capable of mining Bitcoin. From the first block 13 years ago until today, 160 months later. And what you can see here is the sales per model. Their online production on the blockchain, model, model per model. And this gives you, gives you this curve that tells you that there is about less than 4 million mining units today on blockchain. This data is for the first time computed um, worldwide. And this is one of the major contributions of this paper, analyzing the sales and the capacity of minor ASIC miners. What you can see here is the efficiency. So how much what, what, what power you need, electronic power you need to produce a tera hash. I will not remember everyone what is a tera hash, but Bitcoin blockchain uses a computation power to calculate hashes, cryptographic hashes. And you can see that the new models and the blockchain, total Bitcoin blockchain, has an increased efficiency, actually, in computing the terahash. It uses much more less watt to compute much more terahash per second. And what, what you can see here, from this point to the right, it is, uh, in, um, it is in time, and, sorry, it is in, in models. There are the 100 models of ASIC miners entering into the market, and from top to bottom, the timeline, and you can see that over time we have more ASIC minor models competing to do the terahash. So the final result is the following. Bitcoin consumes actually 100% precisely, and just for margin, I took 5% error margin, 88.9 terawatt hash per year. This is not 140. Cambridge was wrong by more than 50%, about 60% error margin of the Cambridge index. So the best contribution of this paper is, co is correcting the Cambridge index. And you can see here that um, the, the consumption was calculated all over the time from 13 years ago until today. And we are today at this, this point. Now, if you use the best ASIC miners, Today, available in the market, it can drop down to 52 terawatt instead of 89, producing the same power of terahashwatt. So I'm going very quickly by, to, to win time, but um, the result is the following. Bitcoin uses 56 times less energy than the classic systems. But this means nothing. Are you still with me, Rudy? Yes, we are. Okay. So 
the, the if we can round up to the final result, so uh, yeah, because we have a lot of questions. The, the final result is the following: zoom um, in. I should not compare. I don't have the right to compare Bitcoin with all the the, the banking industry. Banking industry does much more. In, exactly, um, because there's a question here about this. Yeah, sure, sure, of course. The paper goes into one single transaction comparison, and here's the result. So if you can see well my screen, um, this is the number of transactions per block on, on current Bitcoin uh, proof of work. Today, per transaction, Bitcoin is at least as efficient, 40% more efficient, and an average 20% more efficient per transaction. What does this mean? Although Bitcoin consumes a little bit more per transaction, it finishes the transaction much more um, faster. And the equation of this is the following, for those who, do, who want to see it. It is, the, it is the ratio between activity, between actions of two systems, which is the uh, multiplication of the power consumed times by the time it uses. So if you take the time, the finality of the time, and remember the first definition Payment is moving value over time. Um, Bitcoin is 20% at least more efficient than the classical systems. And here's the final result when you add up Lightning. If you add up Lightning, Bitcoin is 1 million times more efficient than instant payments, which, which, which is the best innovation in classical system, and hundreds of millions of times more energy efficient than classical systems. I'll stop here. Maybe it was dense, but... I hope you got the message. Very interesting, but uh, let's let's go into the questions because I think the questions will summarize a little bit about uh, your uh, your point of view also. Sure. And one of those questions was about okay, first, why do the banks, I think, or Visa? They were talking about Visa, I think. They did not share their data on 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 power consumption. Uh, was that is that no transparency? So first, Rudy, maybe you can put the link of the SSRN publication of the paper for everyone so they can yes. see themselves, the data behind it, okay? Uh, second, uh, for example, i give you an example. Banks do not publish how much they consume in energy. You need to be inside the bank to have some part of the data. So it, it is mostly an insider data to verify. There are a few publications of certain banks where, from which you can extrapolate. i give you an example. You do not know today how much energy you consume to print money. This is a confidential data. Banks do not put this data on the market. But you have data from scientists on how much magazine printing takes, how much certain secure paper takes. So you can do some math there. Uh, you, you, need, you need to have an extreme wide knowledge to compile data to reach these results. There's no statistics how many banknotes are there in the world. You need to compute it from each central bank and to extrapolate and stuff like that. Uh, let's go to the second question, which is related. We talked about supply chain, and then I think uh, you answered that. Shouldn't this be argued by banking They are that you are checking every part of the cash cycle or the cycling, maybe? Would that be an accurate comparison? So the, legiti the legitimacy of comparing two industries is only because Bitcoin does the same functions. Where Bitcoin, for example, I did not take into account DeFi, and did not take into account finance, uh, loans, insurance, and trade. I stripped out systems, two, the two systems, and left only money and payments. And since Bitcoin does the bookkeeping, since Bitcoin does the transactions, since Bitcoin does the finality, does the security, 
uh, I need to compare this with the banking industry. And banking industry have different means of payments. I should not compare it with only one. Today, when you pay with your card, you also rely on SWIFT if, if the card payment is a cross-border transaction. So it's an integrated system, including banknotes with ATMs, with credit cards, with SWIFT, with central banks, with clearing and settlement. So yes, it is a legitimate way to compare transaction per transaction cost of energy. Okay, and that will move us to the second question, which is, I think, similar. You are comparing a whole banking versus Bitcoin, but is that approach the right approach since Bitcoin is open and transparent and that doesn't work fully in banking since they are closed system, even if they Excellent switch question. to CBDCs? Yeah. Excellent question, because it allows me to point out that in the paper, the numbers on Bitcoin are extremely precise, up to almost 100%, because we are reading the blockchain power consumption. We are just treating the blockchain power consumption, and this is very precise data. While on the banking side, it is an estimation. It is a best guess, a best educated guess, and uh, sometimes it's even a lower bound. But I, I don't want to say this. Let's keep it a best guess today, okay? okay. So yeah, we are lacking. The purpose of this paper is to, to put the debate correctly. They are accusing Bitcoin of being energy consumption without ever comparing it to anything beside Denmark. Well, compared to banking, it's comparable. And if you compare it, Bitcoin goes uh, winner. So face it, publish data, improve your systems, optimize energy efficiency in banking if you want. But face it. Okay. So uh, we have a question from Mirna. I think this is a good question. So why ETH and others are switching to proof of stake Excellent. from proof of, uh, proof of work? Excellent. Um, look, Mirna, um, there's a big problem in the Bitcoin maximalist industry they almost know nothing about banking. So if you tell them you consume too much energy, like the Denmark, you are bad, you are bad, you are bad, they don't have answers. The only answer they have, actually, is not in energy. It's in the value. Bitcoin is freedom. Bitcoin is the promise, the promise of Bitcoin. And actually, the first sentence of Satoshi Nakamoto was Bitcoin was a payment solution of peer-to-peer -peer payment, etc. Now, Ethereum, um, Tezos, or others switched, or they are built are switching to proof of stake for other reasons, for scalability, not for energy efficiency. 100% positive on this. It was never an argument of energy efficiency. The argument was the speed of payment. Now, Bitcoin had a better solution. Bitcoin has a more efficient, a more elegant solution than the sharding of Ethereum. And I love Ethereum, so I'm not attacking it. If there are Ethereum fans here, I'm not attacking you guys. Bitcoin did not compromise the same way to scale. You still have Bitcoin proof of work and you add above it Lightning Network creating channels, prepaid channels. And this is actually how payments work today in banking. People do not know that. When you do a payment, you're using a prepaid account of your bank account in the central bank. So Bitcoin actually copied <laughs> banking system. But since Bitcoin has hundreds of thousands of times more power, literally, and energy and computing power, it scales much better and it's more efficient. That's why Lightning consumes much less energy and finishes transaction in less than a second. And it's a scaling solution. So I think uh, <laughs> very interesting questions. And thank you, Michelle, for that work. What's next with that? Where are you going with the research? What's next for, you know, you know being now, I think you're becoming um, the, not the guru, the, the preach or the preacher of uh, of uh, of energy and uh, that that fight is you know is heated 
Um, look, the next steps is are the following. F firstly, I'm going to Biarritz to uh, surf in Bitcoin, giving five keynotes this summer, and uh, end of August. And the article has been um, took by many, many media that are talking about it. So the debate is going to start now about the energy efficiency for the two sides. But the next step, I'm working on another paper about the value of cryptocurrencies, the value of Bitcoin and the value of other cryptocurrencies. Where does the value come from? To give you a, a spoiler, it's related to the velocity of the use. So today there is speculation. It's like um, a potential value, but it is not a real value. The only real value comes from the circulation of the currency and the calculation is going to be around the, the use and payment. So that's why I say again, it is the first industry in the world. It is the biggest industry in the world. It is a hidden industry called payments. They need to succeed to put Bitcoin in payments. If they do not succeed in this, it's going. To, this is the last battle for Bitcoin to win. So that's why crypto payments uh, in value chain, this is my core business. Actually. Great. Uh, and thank you for that. We have a small joke by, by Mirna. Are you Satoshi? So. <laughs> um, the way I answered this, this this beautiful question, I would love to. Of course, I would love to have been Satoshi, but I'm really frustrated. I am not Satoshi. I told you I was inventing exactly the same invention, unfortunately in a classical way, with 150 people, and we didn't do it as elegantly as Satoshi. Yeah, <laughs> I think that sums up uh, the last uh, you know summary. With that, really, thank you again, uh, Michelle, for your input and for the research and good luck on the way forward. Thank you again, and then we'll see you uh, soon. Uh, you're always welcome on this platform.